and welcome to Directors and Animation Podcast Season 2. I'm Avgusa Zarelidi and I'm the creator and host of this podcast. Today, I'll be speaking to the fantastic director Signe Baumann. Signe is an independent filmmaker currently working on her second feature film, My Love Affair with Marriage. Before we begin, I just want to flag that this interview was recorded remotely, so the audio gets a bit distorted from time to time. Signe, welcome to the Director's Animation Podcast and thank you so much for finding the time to chat with me today. I know you're really busy uh, making your feature film. Thank you so much for having me. I always start with kind of the same question. I'm always interested to learn about the director's path uh, and career and how did you end up directing? So if you can tell me a little bit about your career path, that would be brilliant. Oh, I don't know, really. I don't know. The director's path is uh, kind of complicated because, you know, when you uh, go around and uh, tell people what you do, right? I don't go around telling people I'm a director. I go around and I tell people I am an animator because that's what we do, right? Yeah. And then then people kind of start to misunderstand uh, what I am and what I do. And they, uh, when they hear I'm an animator, they're like, oh, can you do animation for me? And I'm like, oh, well, I guess I am not an animator. I'm an animation director. <laughs> and so, uh, so that distinction between animator and director to me came... Uh, uh, just like recently, you know, when I explain what I do and what I am. So I don't really see uh, myself as a, a clearly as a director, although, of course, I am and that's all I do. But uh, for me, animation, design and writing and directing is the same thing. I would say uh, I am a storyteller and and part of the storytelling is the directing part that that i could understand i mean that is kind of clear but you know uh, as an independent animator i do uh, a lot of jobs myself so um for me the distinction between directing let's say and writing it's not necessarily but when i work with other people like i i was directing animators on a couple of my uh, projects then then it's very clear that you're a director but when you animate yourself, it's like, I don't know, it's just kind of strange. But uh, my path uh, to uh, from the place where I started and where I, um, I am now, I uh, did not uh, actually intend to be an animator or director or anything. I was just, you know, trying to get by as everyone else. And uh, I studied philosophy in Moscow University and then... Uh, when I had to graduate, um, I didn't want to teach philosophy, which I was supposed to do. And a friend of mine suggested uh, that, um, uh, you know, she said, I like your doodles. I, you know, like these doodles. Instead of writing, you know, notes on Marxism, Leninism at the lectures, I would doodle, I would draw. And she said, I want to see these doodles move. Why don't you go into animation? And I didn't know anything about animation. I was like, well, that sounds much much better than than teaching philosophy. So, um, so that's how it started. And then, of course, uh, you go through the motions of you know, like you know, like you you get a job. And as I I got a job uh, in a, a, a Riga animation studio uh, as a lowest in a lowest position as a cell painter. 
um, then uh, it was a horrible job. I don't even know. Like I'm so happy uh, that um, this cell painting is now digital. But I, I, it's still, you know, it's like a, it's like very tedious, and I was not prepared for that at all. And uh, and then uh, two years after that, two years into cell painting, I got a chance to direct my first film um, in the Riga. And so, so somehow, slowly, I, I kind of built the body of work, and um, I don't even know. I didn't. I don't feel like I answered your question, but um, no, my... I think you did. I think it's brilliant. It's really interesting that you know everyone's paths have been so different, and I like what you said about kind of studying philosophy but drawing at the same time. That seems to be always the link. There's always drawing somewhere down the line. So it's really um, interesting. But I never, I never studied art, and I never studied the drawing. Uh, so in some ways, it is good and it is bad. Uh, the good thing is that I can only draw the my way, just the one style. It's my handwriting, and it is I use uh, drawing as a form of self-expression rather than. Uh, somebody else's ideas. I express my own ideas. The bad thing is that I, I, I my ability to express ideas. Uh, I mean, you know, like you say, oh, I just see this character dancing and doing this thing, and and in some ways, I not everything I'm able to animate because I I haven't studied it. But I have um, around uh, 2005. Uh, well, it was like a hundred years ago, right? I, I felt that I had limitations as a, as a, to, to draw. And I started going to live drawing. And I feel that, you know, drawing, live drawing really improved my ability to express things that I want to express. So uh, so I, I usually, I, I mean, I feel like I develop as an artist. It's all like work in progress. And um, yeah. So there is a conflict actually between me as a director. Director in me wants the character to dance and twirl, and the animator in me says, "Well, I can't do that, so you have to accept it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant because you can't ask, you know, yourself, "Go just do it again." You're like, "No, I don't want to." <laughs> no, I, I actually am pretty hard on myself uh, as. Uh, you know like uh, they i mean there are like several people struggling in me and i had uh, with the time i have discovered what are these people one person is uh you know father which fathers uh, the father says you know you you gotta get up and do the work and you do the best work and this is not good enough right <laughs> and i'm gonna punish you if you don't do the best work and the other person is is the child and child is like i want to play i don't want to work and that is the creative you know the father is the ambition and and you know the the ambition and then the the child is the creativity and the child is like i don't want to work i want to play i want to make doodles i want i don't want ah. and then there is a mother in me which is the caring part it says you oh you gotta eat you gotta rest up you you gotta take care of yourself you know so it's a kind of i mean it's a it's a really stereotype thing that i just said but that's how I feel these uh, three characters inside me. So the father always says, you got to do better than this. This is not good enough. And so then the father sometimes wins. And I, I sit there and I just do better work and I try. <laughs>
you find your way but it's interesting about creativity it's such a complex thing and once you discover what works for you you know it's mm -hmm. that's that's really the most important so you you mentioned early on that um kind of the label of directing uh, of director is very uh hard to accept because you're a writer you're an animator uh designer so there's kind of there's many different jobs so that leads me to my next question so on your feature film my love affair with marriage uh you're working between new york and latvia is that correct yes so I'm I'm always really curious about the kind of the structure of productions, especially when it's uh, it's a multicultural, multi you know inter international. So can you tell me how you work and like what's the process and structure of uh, of your crew between the two countries? Yeah, it's actually a very good question. It's a very complicated question, and I don't even know if I can encapsule that in just a couple of words, mm -hmm. uh, in a couple of sentences, because it has a history and layers, and the the, the and also uh, the moment like the, the discoveries. Like we um, when we started out, we were going from one ditch into another. Like uh, really, you um, because I haven't done it uh, working long distance and the team over there in Latvia haven't worked long distance and so we had quite a shock to work with each other and um, there's some people had to be fired you know like some people couldn't work it out and uh, and it was a pain and agony for me and only when we straightened it out um, I would say like a year ago that we actually are in some kind of uh, uh, I was I wouldn't say peaceful, but in some ways kind of a system. There is a system that I feel uh in safe hands and they feel that they they understand what is going on. Uh the but the, the problem is that the way how uh, I work, right, is you know like big studios, they before they even hire one person, they have a system in place. You know, and then once they do one uh, one project, they have that system from project to project to project, and they do uh, feature films, you know, three feature films a year, and each of them has the same system, you know, the production system. I understand, yes. As when you step into uh, a studio project, you, uh, you know exactly where your part is, where you are supposed to be, like what's the screw, where you're screwing in to, in order to hold the structure together. And if you're not in a good place and you're not doing your job, you know, they, they get rid of you and they, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. So in a, in a small independent production like mine, which is a very, very tiny production, a very, very low budget production in, 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 in some ways. And we don't have that structure and everything has to be discovered. And that discovery of what a structure is in the system is uh, that wastes a lot of money and time and 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 it's very painful, you know, because you it's, it causes a lot of anxiety on every single end. But um, so what happens is this uh, in New York, in Brooklyn, uh, in my studio, um, we uh, create sets like three dimensional sets, uh, you know, like uh, stop motion backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And then we, uh, you know, we build them from wood, we paper mache, we, there's like all these layers and layers, little details. And then we put it uh, in a shooting room and we lit it 
uh, and put lighting on, and then we photograph them in a motion, like a stop motion. And then uh, we take the pictures, um, and then I do animatic. Uh, on in that stage of the where the characters are, what they do, and then once everything is good and it's approved by me, then I start animating, and I animate uh, the characters on top of these backgrounds, uh, but they are animated on paper, so they are separate from the backgrounds, and then uh, then when the drawings are um, are um, done uh, we scan them in i do line test and i said this is good or oh, this is the correction here so when I, once i approve animation and it's edited uh, in a line test stage we i shadow these drawings i, I put uh, pencil shading on these drawings and then we scan them in in my studio and then we send them off to latvia for coloring and there in Latvia, there, uh, there is a group of uh, really amazing young artists who color these drawings and they're like flat drawings and they color, they give them shading in color that is uh, accenting three dimensionality of, you know, like, a, like that there is like a round shape and, uh, you know, there is a shadows and there is that. And this, and then um, they hand it off. The, after they color it, they hand it off to a uh, uh, compositing department in Latvia. And there are again a group of young, really amazing compositors that put it to, together, put colored uh, ba uh, uh, character drawings with the backgrounds and that is a very tricky and very difficult thing. Where the like it has to look uh, that. Uh, the characters are moving through that space. Mm, and it involves a lot of masking, tracking, and uh, making a lot of very creative decisions. And it's a very difficult job. And so then they, uh, when they output the movies, the quick time movies of their work, they send it back to me. And uh, of course they can't read my mind and they, they don't know if the character passed in front of the table or behind the table, you know, like, things like that. And I also see the coloring mistakes. Sometimes people confuse the colors. Or so, you know, there's like, you know, kind of adjustments to make. And I look over these com 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 compositions, uh, QuickTime movies, and I send them back notes. Then they correct based on those notes. And then I send back again for approval. And so then when everything is approved, I put it in a final, in, in my studio in Brooklyn, I put it into the uh, final edit timeline in Premiere Pro. And I edit it together with uh, music and with, uh, uh, with uh, the, the dialogue track. So that is kind of a basic outline how we operate. But to get to the system, and it sounds simple enough, but for example, the system of how we do corrections, I mean, it's it's like, and how we do corrections so that minimizes the time I spend on them. Because my time is very valuable because I not only direct, but I also animate and I do shading and I edit. And so, and then also I have to manage the people working for me doing the uh, 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 this three-dimensional sets. And on top of that, I also have to fundraise. So uh, it was very, very painful until we nailed down the system. And, then, and the right people who really uh, wanted to, or were able to do it, you know, so. 
Yeah, it's fascinating. And also, it's really interesting always how long it takes for the team to really gel. And especially with two locations, I can I can totally imagine the kind of, um, you know, the time it took you to put these processes in place. But it is interesting uh, that now that we have this system going smoothly for uh, one year, and I'm working with people that I really like, that I, like in my head, uh, because we are constantly, uh, you know, talking through Skype, we email each other like hundred times a day, you know, I, in my head, they are part of my studio. That's like, it's like a, I feel that they, their studio is just like, like next door, you know, it's like, that's how it feels. And I feel very close to these people. Like I, I, I go to Latvia twice a year and, and we, uh, you know, in person, we, we meet and we discuss but but I just like I like I feel them I like I know them you know I understand yeah and I think that's the best way to work with anyone remotely is to really feel like they are part of the same studio because I feel like the moment you start to separate the two um, the two studios even if it's just mentally it kind of create it starts to create that distance. Like, oh, it's us and them. And it's, you know, that's kind of when the troubles begin. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, uh, we, I mean, you know, uh, when we have Skype, you know, we constantly uh, go around and uh, show what we are doing. You know, like in Skype, you know, they can see uh, what we're working on and they do the same. They go over and then we, uh, you know, we talk to. So it's just uh, kind of a feeling that they are next door. Yeah. And do you think the time that you spend just talking with your crew, is it part of this kind of motivation, not technique, but it's part of kind of a director's toolkit of of keeping the team passionate about a project, especially for feature film that, you know, takes, as, as you as you know, takes several years to make? Yes, I know. But um, I I don't know that. I mean, that sounds kind of very manipulative to say the director, you know, uh, tries to be friendly with their hard team in order to keep them motivated. I I don't, I mean, that sounds a little bit kind of callous and manipulative, and I'm not that kind of person. Um, the, the, and as I wrote to you or said to you uh, that uh, defining the right people, I think that is the key. Uh, that was the key. And in the beginning, we didn't have the right people. And now that we uh, found them, uh, I really like them and I, I have a connection with them. And more we work together, the deeper the connection deepens. And and I think that there, you know, and I don't really know what motivates people to work on project, uh, on any project, because money is not the answer to, I mean, money is, of course, part of the motivation, but it is, it can, in animation, money cannot be the only motivator, because even if you're getting paid really well, it's just so tedious and so painful that if you are in animation just for money, you're in the wrong place. So there are, there should be, and there are other reasons why people would want to work. And uh, so the the I feel that the people that are working right now, uh, the the leaders of the Latvian team, Georgs is the 
leader of compositors and Anette is the leader of colorists, that they, uh, I feel like they, they are interested. They've, it's a challenge for them to see if they can see through. They have never had a job like that before, like the job of responsibility, uh, because they're very young. You know, they their experience. I mean, in Latvia has a very small animation uh, industry, and so for you to apply yourself in Latvia as a leader of anything, you know, in animation business is is kind of difficult. So in some ways, when they were offered uh, the challenge of leading the team, um, they were kind of kind. You know, it was like, wow, that's kind of. Well, big job, like a big change from being just being part of the team and to leading the team. But they knew because they were working, uh, they were a part of a team as a colorist and compositor. They knew what motivated them as colorists and compositors. So they knew what they needed to do to keep the team motivated and they they actually whatever they do they they do it right i mean there is a, there's a feeling uh, in latvia when i go there that there is a team that they are close together and they're very motivated they like each other they hang out with each other they have events you know it's just they have fun people and they're all very young uh i say two-thirds of the people in latvia working on the film are still students Mm. And I mean, and I find that is really excellent. And I think that uh, Georgs, I think it's the only uh, a male person there. So, you know, it's like a women team. That's fantastic. Yeah. Very excited about that. So anyway. No, that's, that's, that's great. I, I understand what you mean about it. It's a more of a natural process. And the, the key thing, like you said, is finding, finding the people that kind of speak your language, like the creative language, and understand, yeah. understand the needs of the project, understand your vision, but also are able to be creative in their own right. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, make their own decisions. And I mean, the one beautiful thing about um, working from the distance is that I can't really micromanage. Yeah. I mean, I like as an animator, I have a tendency to uh, micromanage, you know, like we are control freaks. You know, <laughs> know what you mean. Yes. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're just like because we can control everything. So in, in our work, so we want to control everything to the end. And very often when I've worked with people in my, uh, you know, in, in present, you know, in my studio. Right. I, I, I just like I see, oh, God, this is terrible. They colored it so badly. But, you know, since you I am also a nice person. Right. And I'm like, well, I, I just don't want to criticize this poor person so when they go home i sit down and i work till middle of night to co correct their work right now when you work uh that doesn't work you know that because you kill yourself doing that and this is a big project and i have other things to do but i also from a distance it's very it's beautiful that i cannot correct their work because the way how this thing is set up with server i cannot go into their into their files you know I know. I, I, yeah, there's a there's a physical barrier to stop you. I cannot open the file casually and just put dots somewhere and then close, save and close it because that the way how server is set up, it doesn't work. So the only way I can do it is to send them notes. 
And uh, it was like irritating because I was like, I just need three dots, you know, I can put them myself. And then I realized, no, I have to write that. And it actually makes them better, like makes them understand better what I am looking for. So it's just kind of, um, anyway, yeah, sorry, I digressed. But <laughs> this is, um, no, this is, uh, it's it's part of directing. And, you know, for you, if you're, you're doing such a massive part of it yourself as well, it, it's finding that balance, you know, what what you need to actually concentrate on and spend yeah. your energy um and uh, you you said yourself like it, it's a it's a nice physical kind of barrier to stop you but we, we know that kind of directors do want to do the best and that sometimes mean kind of the long hours and there's a lot of pressure i can imagine making your own independent film there's as a whole other sets of pressure like you said fundraising uh you know running a studio there's a there's so much more kind of different kind of stress uh thing so is there is there any methods maybe that you have developed over time to kind of to be able to step away and um kind of deal with tiredness and um stress um I've, I don't know. You know, when I was working on Rocks in My Pockets, um, I had only, I didn't have international team. I had two full-time assistants um, in the studio and one part-time, so it was three people. And uh, and I, uh, early on, I said, well, this is a long project. I, I, may, I have a tendency to burn out. So I'm just going to work from nine till seven and then I don't work after seven. And I set those rules and that worked beautifully until uh, the end of the project. when it got really, really stressful for like, I don't know, eight months. Uh, but, uh, but that kind of, that was one thing, right? So with this project, I, I, I don't have weekends. I stopped seeing friends. I, uh, I don't, the 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 work never leaves my head you know because it's just so big and so ambitious it's like i sometimes feel that the project is so much bigger than what i can do it's like trying to melt an, a huge iceberg of like an iceberg size of a building i'm trying to melt it with my tongue you know like like everything that I touch is just melting away, just a small, tiny drop of what has to be done. And you feel like, oh, if I if I work just like two more hours, maybe I could accomplish that. And you never accomplish that. You know, there's always so much more to do. And then you go home and you and you have that knot in your stomach. Like you that you don't you feel like you didn't accomplish enough to move the project forward fast enough. And and so yeah, you, you know, and so there are like moments when I feel like my adrenal glands are empty, that I, I like I have no excitement you know, like in, in order for you to be creative, you have to have excitement and hope and, and, you know, you have to be a child. And I feel like I'm in this mode of being this responsible adult, stressed out adult, and, and my creative juices are drying up and I can't do that. So then I sometimes sleep in on Saturday morning, uh, sleep instead of six, I sleep till seven, seven thirty. And uh, sometimes I rebel and I say, I will take 
half a day off on Saturday or I will go and see that movie that I want to see, you know? Mm-hmm. But uh, overall, the p- project has this pull and it pulls me back in. And, and then once you pull back in, you're stressed out. So no, I don't have a good advice. Recently, I I ordered online these like nerve teas, you know, like stress tension reliever teas, like five kinds of them. And so I'm like testing out which one would soothe my nerves, you know, <laughs> because I'm stressed out. You're right. I'm like I'm, yeah. I don't know. I and because we also now we have a very. Um, a better defined deadline, which is early 2021, when we need to finish the project. And that's a one year and it's a very specific deadline and it's kind of frightening because we don't also, we're running out of money. So it's like, what's going to happen? And yeah. So anyway. No, it's, it's uh, thank you for an honest answer, because I think sometimes, you know, when you watch like makings of and people just say, oh, it was so easy. And uh uh, I had the best time and that's true but you know behind everything there is a the, there is the kind of the darker side the more stressful side of directing or creating in it's, you know in a general sense funny I like I, like there are some people who enjoy process you know like my poor, my boyfriend and my partner Sturgis um uh he's he's really instrumental in in making this film and being supportive and also supportive also like meaning working on a film you know um he he's a he's coming from a theater and he's like well you know you have to enjoy the process because process is everything in theater there's no result there's only process because everything is new every time right mm-hmm. and so you you have to enjoy rehearsals you have to enjoy uh, making it you know like you have to enjoy it right and then i'm like no i am totally not enjoying process i only enjoy result i only work towards the result and that's how I was before. And and now I'm like, really, uh, if I don't if I don't learn to enjoy the process, this whole thing is going to kill me. And uh, like recently, uh, me and my uh, team in Brooklyn, we were like just talking about uh, end of the world. And I said that, uh, like, if I, like, what would you do if you knew that there are only like 48 hours left or like, let's say six days left? What would you do? in these six days and then people were like oh i don't know like i would do this i would do that and now to my surprise my answer was like if i knew that in six days the asteroid would hit the earth and that would be end of it right i probably would just sit there and continue on working even if i'm not enjoying it so much right but what else i would what else i would do like what else there is to do making beautiful films of course i don't oh, know but then there would be six days uh, the whole world would explode as my film <laughs> so then then i mean there would be no result there would be only the process so it's just it's interesting only the creation no, yes no, the creation no. exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. That's brilliant. Um, and I also like that, um, I know you, you said kind of you don't have a method, but what you said about just having an extra hour of sleep or going to watch a movie, any kind of s- small actions like that where they take you out, even for an hour, out of that sort of bubble that, the, you know, the film is everything, there's nothing else, I think it's really uh, it's really important. Even if you only have half a day, it's still... It's, I'm sure it still makes a big difference. So that's um, that's 
that's kind of part of that. Yeah, it's kind of amazing to, um, uh, to you know, like uh, when you somewhere sometime like what we uh, around New Year's we went to um, uh, uh, for Christmas party or something, and and I had a conversation with people, uh, like just with people, and I got back to the studio the next day, and I was like. That is so strange. Like uh, there are other people. They're doing other things, and I I was not in my head mm. and in my project for for uh, you know like a half a day. You know, it's just fun. Yeah, and, yeah that takes sometimes. Yeah. Well, I think this is this is a nice uh, way to finish it and just uh, tell uh, whoever is listening to keep creating no matter what, even if the end of the world is coming. What else would you be doing if not creating? I think that's brilliant. Well, I don't know. It's uh, it's a, it's a strange. Uh, it's a uh, you know you have to be crazy to be an animator, <laughs> and and once you know that you're crazy, and once you know you're an animator, you just have to cherish it, you know. And so that's why when I go to film festivals and I meet other animators, I recognize them as my kindred spirits because it, it it's a special person. An animator is a special person. Yeah. Very true. Well, um, thank you so much for your time. I, I like like you said, you're super busy, and I wish you all the best with your film. And I really I'm really excited to see it when it's finished. And uh, I hope you get more of the chances to just have a little extra lie-in or watch a nice film and just keep going. Thank you. Thank you so much, Augusta. Nice talk to you. Thank you so much, Sini. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.